Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Hey, what's up? John Sonimus here. Just want to take a moment to tell you about an awesome sponsor we have at Simple Programmer, which is Hire.com. I'm sure you know how frustrating it can be to search for a new job. Pushy recruiters trying to recruit you for jobs you have no interest in, jobs you apply for but you never hear from again, and worst of all, going through a whole interview process only to get a ridiculously lowball offer. Well, Hired.com has solved these problems. Hired flips job searching on its head. It actually puts you in control of the job search by letting you fill out one simple application and then having employers actually apply to hire you. How cool is that? You also get access to your own career coach to help you get your next job. Hired has access to over 4,000 employers with big names like Facebook. Plus, your profile is automatically hidden from current and past employers. Oh, and they pay you to get a job. Anyway, as a Simple Programmer listener, if you use the link Hired.com slash Simple Programmer, you can get double the normal $1,000 hiring bonus and get $2,000 when you find your next job on Hired. Just go to Hired.com slash Simple Programmer to get started. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey, what's up? John Sonmez here from simpleprogrammer.com, and I've got another interview for you all today. Uh, this one I'm, I'm pretty excited about because this is a technology I've been, I've been pretty interested in, which uh, I, I know a lot of you are familiar with, with Bitcoin, but there's more to, to Bitcoin than just Bitcoin. It, the underlying technology of, of, of blockchain is, uh, is something that, uh, that my guest here, uh, Amir Rosik, uh, is, is a specialist in, and that he's actually started a company based around this. And, and this is something that's really exciting. I've been seeing a lot of his posts lately, just a lot of the content that he's putting out, and it's gotten me excited about the future of this technology. So that would be kind of cool to have Amir on here and, and ha- do an interview. He's, uh, by the way, he's a very, very good at at uh, at a lot of different things, from from marketing to entrepreneurship. Uh, so he, he's definitely someone that you know. After this interview, you should check out and, and study. He's he's given me a lot of help in in my business just from seeing some of the stuff that he's he's written about. So uh, so thanks thanks Amir well and welcome. It's my pleasure to be here, John and. Uh... I just want to thank you for everything that you do as well, man. You're pretty prolific when it comes to posting the videos almost every single day right now on YouTube. And I think people, they really don't understand how much time and effort it goes into actually doing these videos and editing videos and putting up on YouTube. For, for that, man, I really applaud you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I've, got a, I've got an editor that's, that's awesome, and he, 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 I certainly couldn't do it without him, but it, does, it definitely does take – not every day you feel like getting in front of a camera <laughs> – <laughs> you know <laughs> so um so so yeah, I, I thought maybe maybe we could start off with just a little bit of your background because you've got a pretty interesting sure. background doing you've done a lot of different things uh maybe if you want to yeah. talk about what where, where who are you where did you come from what are you doing 
Man, my background is a very eclectic. I've done almost every single thing you can possibly think about. Journey started about seven years ago. Um, tell the quick story of it. Seven years ago, left jail, lived a different lifestyle back in the day, and uh, trying to figure out what to do. At that time, one of my friends was in the online space, he introduced me to affiliate marketing, got into affiliate marketing. Uh, I was in the health space for very long doing affiliate summits. So back then when summits were big, you know, we're collecting email lists of 50,000 to 80,000 a month. I don't know if it's possible wow. these days, <laughs> but yeah, we had, we had massive summits we did for a very long time. So the whole ClickBank type of deal for affiliate, I did affiliate for a very long time, got into membership websites back in the day as well. Then started focusing more or less on e-commerce companies. So I left the affiliate world, did e-commerce, had my own clothing company in Asia, did that for a little bit, did angel investments as well, got a little bit of private equity where we bought and sold websites online, domains, et cetera, left that and uh, basically did some consulting for Fortune 500 companies, left that, and then I did consulting for the Bitcoin and blockchain space for a year and a half, and uh, which leads us right now to uh, why I started Blockies. Okay, awesome! Wow, that's a very, very diverse set of uh, set of set of things that, that you. I've been all I've been all over the yeah. place. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, you get so much exposure. It's like you're like a like a Swiss Army knife. Like there, there's probably not very many things that that you haven't seen or that situations you can't handle at this point. Yeah, you know, with every new project or new business, you have ups and downs, smiles and frowns, and uh, yeah. The number one lesson that I gained from any of this is this. obviously we always say stop chasing the shiny object. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll go a little bit deeper. It's not about the shiny object. It's about the longevity and it's about the, the nature of your business. All the businesses I did in the past are really good and the great cash cow businesses. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, they don't have the necessary oomph for the longevity that kind of fuels my soul and fuels my, my, my ethos to continue it in doing it for very long term. Right. Um, so that's one of the major things or one of the first questions I ask what I do these days is like, is this something that I'm willing to sacrifice my time for because I can never get this time back again? That, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, I think we're, we're similar in that vein. It's like a lot of the stuff I'm, I'm doing now, I'm not necessarily like there's ways I could be making more money, but yeah. But, you know, the time is, is the thing. It's like, what do I want? It's a time, man. You know, it's, yeah. it's an only commodity on this planet that's non-renewable. Exactly. Yeah. And what, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want, like, you know, what difference mm -hmm. are you going to make in the world in, in some way that's exactly. meaningful to you as a person? So, yeah, I could definitely relate. So, so tell me a little bit about this, this this technology. So, I think a lot of people are familiar with Bitcoin, right? Yes. But... But that's not what you're about, right? I mean, there's a big difference between Bitcoin and, and your, if I understand correctly, you're, you're very much, you know, talking about the, the, the technology behind Bitcoin, the idea behind it, as opposed yes. to the actual implementation. Yes. Yeah, so the whole idea with, like the history of, of we have to do, give credit where credit is due. Um, pretty much blockchain comes from, well, here, let's first talk about the story because the story of Bitcoin is quite fascinating if you think about it. It's almost like a religion. In fact, my theory is whoever created it or the group that created it or eight individual that created it was once one smart fella. So Bitcoin came out right around the crash in 08, give or take, around that period. Right. So you have this individual called Satoshi Nakamoto. We have no idea who he is. Right. or group or whatever or maybe cia rogue uh, road uh, rogue uh, operation i don't know nobody knows anyways 
this guy Satoshi Nakamoto comes around with his white paper on Bitcoin. Uh, and he starts picking up disciples along the way. Same thing like all these other religious leaders, you know, like Jesus had a couple of disciples or five or seven disciples. So he picks up these disciples on, along the way and they start helping him, you know, fix the code, optimize the code, like any software. You know, you start here, then it's open source like Linux and people come in they start adding their code and you know, recalibrating the code, testing the code, et cetera, et cetera. So you have these disciples at the beginning. They start implementing the code, testing out the code, and it starts slowly building up momentum around, you know, the cypherpunk, the anarchist type of coders online. And bit by bit, it gains traction. Obviously, it started gaining traction on, I say, the under uh, underground level uh, or right. underworld level and slowly started picking up steam more and more and more and more. Fast forward eight years now coming and uh, it has proliferated. I don't think so. Anyone could imagine uh, where it would be today. It's $11 billion market cap. Just wow. yesterday, Bitcoin in Canadians, $1,015, so about 730 uh, American dollars. Uh, not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that by next year will be most likely around maybe 16, 1700 Canadian dollars. So it may go up by 40%. Uh, most people are speculating it'll probably hit $5,000 mark in a couple of years. Uh, obviously, you see what's going on. It, it's a war on currency around the world. Look what happened in India about a month ago. Oh, um, yeah. I think people have a short-term memory, even in the United States. For example, when you look in Nebraska and uh, Ohio, in the 70s and 80s, they put a closure on the banks. People couldn't take out their money. Yeah, yeah. This is only 20 years ago, and people forget about this. Uh, and, and look, even worse, if you look at, I believe it was in Malta. No, not Malta. It was off of uh, the Greek island. Uh, not Malta. What's that Greek island, a small Greek island? Anyways, there's a small Greek island right off, or right off the the, the Greek uh, coast. Crete. Yeah. Uh, it's off the Greek. I I forget the name of the okay. country, but uh, right around Greece. It's right around Greece. Cyprus. And uh, no. <laughs> Cyprus. That's, that's it. it. All right. Brain fart. It's yeah. Cyprus. Good one. So in Cyprus in 2009. So right after the crazy crash in 08, they took everyone's money. The government. Yeah, yeah, they actually took it. Yeah, you're right. Yep. They took it. They said, yeah. your money is ours now. Yep. So it's a huge war right now in currency and a devaluation because we have the Federal Reserve System, the Fractal Reserve Quantitative Easing, which is the worst method or worst system possibly created uh, for the longevity of an economy. That being said, uh, Bitcoin is growing. It's created a brand new type of system, which is called cryptocurrency. There's millions of crypto, or I'm going to say millions, but thousands of cryptocurrencies at the moment. And it has created an amazing opportunity for its underlying technology, as you mentioned, blockchain to grow. Right. So now, originally, that blockchain that Satoshi Nakamoto created, it was meant for cryptocurrency, Bitcoin which was originally created not even for currency, but more like gold. And still people use it today more as a hedge as opposed to actual actual currency. But my mind really opened up about two and a half years ago when my business partner's son, Vitaly, created Ethereum. Okay. And he opened up my eyes like, wait a second. You can use blockchain technology for more than just cryptocurrency. You can use it for anything that you can so store a digital uh, fingerprint or imprint online. So right now we're talking about cryptocurrency. Value A is say five bucks and I'm transferring that $5 to John. Now substitute that $5 for a contract. I hired John to do coding for me 
and the contract states $10,000 I pay him. It's now digitized online and it goes into an escrow. As soon as John has done everything, it automatically releases for him. Now imagine this, we have a deed to a house. So right now the system, at least in North America, if when you buy a piece of property is you have the title, which is still uh, old school piece of paper. If you lose the title, you got to go city hall, pay a piece of money or pay whatever money, find the damn old deed in the records, go to a lawyer. A lawyer has like, oh yeah, that paper's legit, notarizes the paper. It's such an archaic old school system. Imagine though we have any title, title of a property, title of a, uh, of a car, title of anything, title and even the title of your uh, business where you have different shareholders agreements inside of it. That gets put on the blockchain, gets certified on the blockchain gets authentic on the blockchain. So now transfers in the future don't have to go through any lawyer, any third party. And this is why we call blockchain the middleman killer. So pretty much it's eliminating any third party service that is necessary to authenticate a process or is necessary to execute a process. Uh, big companies right now like Abra, who got $35 million in Series B funding in uh, San Diego or whatever, just California they're pretty much eliminating the need for SWIFT. So the whole idea, like for example, right now, if I go to TD Canada, one of the big banks in Canada, I'm like, all right guys, I want you to send uh, $5,000 to this guy in Hong Kong. They're like, all right, great. Wire transfer, account number, SWIFT number, all these stupid numbers. And be like, it's gonna take about 72 hours on average. And it's gonna cost you about 70 bucks. Right. I'm like, it's 2016, it's pretty archaic that you need all this information from me. You're charging me an arm and a leg and it's taking almost three days for me to send money across the world. And this, this also applies to their own stupid branches from branch to branch, like HSBC in Hong Kong to HSBC over here, I still gotta pay. So imagine with Abra or right now, I can grab my phone and I can send John $5,000 in Bitcoin or Ether or whatever, and it'll probably cost me less than a quarter. And it happens instantaneously within 30 minutes. Right, yep. So the whole idea of needing these third-party systems and right now they're scrambling to figure out how they stay relevant in 2016 2017 2018 and and like western union man i don't see western union surviving in the next 20 years at all right period unless they completely change the business model and start adopting blockchain now this is where i think blockchain and this is where ethereum comes in help 2.1 billion people around the world so there's 2.1 billion people around the world who have issues with identity and have issues with banking. The government won't give them banks. Uh, their local, say, province or territories won't acknowledge them. All they need is a cell phone and internet connection. And we're at the point that almost every single human being in the world will have access to a cell phone and an internet connection. Right. And with the blockchain, we can now create real IDs that are unfungible, that cannot be duplicated, that cannot be uh, altered. As soon as it's on the blockchain, for example, let's say we find a Syrian refugee, let's say we find somebody who's been through a war-thrown country in Africa, and we, we know that he has three houses over there. We now put his name, his information on a blockchain ID. We also take the title and the deed of all his properties and we put them on the blockchain. He can now leave the country. We can track him. Uh, we know for a fact that he's real. He's authentic. Now we can give him microloans because we know we can trust him because he's been um, authorized on the blockchain. And when he comes back uh, to that country, there's no more of that crazy shit that, oh, 
that's my property. You know, it happens every day. People say, oh, no, that's my property. Right. Oh, prove it to me. The original owner doesn't have the deed, doesn't have the title. There's a huge problem in the world, massive problem in the world where people's properties and, and not just like physical properties, but like businesses of, of, and businesses around the world are being stolen. Right. Yeah. Are being yeah. stolen. So what blockchain does is it or for me to summarize in a nutshell, what blockchain does is it is a software that is decentralized online, kind of like BitTorrent. If you guys are familiar with BitTorrent, where you have, you know, a little bit files all around, all around the world on different computers and you download, you download bits and bytes of it, maybe like a kilobyte here, a megabyte over here, et cetera. And you kind of syndicate it all into one spot. That's how kind of uh, blockchain works. There's no center server. There's no center failure point. It's literally everybody has downloaded the client. Everybody has downloaded the software on their computer all around the world. They have the original ledger, the original record of the blockchain, and everybody's computer acts almost like uh, the security to it. So I call them custodians. People call them miners, and that's going to change. But the beautiful thing about it is like there's no police when it comes to a blockchain. If it's a public blockchain, every single person's computer acts as a double checker. They will double check the ledger in the technology versus their own private ledger to confirm that this individual is a legitimate transaction. And that transaction can be, we've double checked that person's ID. We've double checked that his $5 transfer to John is legitimate. We've double checked that title to that property is legitimate and et cetera, et cetera. And that's the beautiful thing about it. It's actually creating a decentralized distributed ledger around the world that has no center point of failure that has no person, uh, you know, stating claim to it. And it's actually the closest thing possible to what a real organism would function in biology. Right. So that's why I'm doubling down on this technology. And we're just at the beginning. It's the precipice right now. We're, we're the closest, the closest thing I can say right now is I can, I can compare it to where Mosaic was back in like the early nineties. Okay. Okay. I think that's at the level we are right now. Do we have now the internet to piggyback off of it? They didn't have the internet back in the day, but where what I'm seeing right now is for the first time ever in human existence, we have secondary options. Let's say right now the United States currency falls and it go and maybe the American uh, economy goes to negative inflation like Japan. For the first time ever. You have options to buy other currencies that are not controlled by the Federal Reserve, not controlled by anybody, and you can buy it from your phone. For the first time ever, you have now an option of actually a secondary economy on your phone. You have now a decentralized ledger that no government agency can control, right. that no center point of failure. For example, if we know for a fact, you know, this is an issue with torrents as well. If we know for a fact that that server is in Norway in that building, well, I just go there and shut it down. Right. Forget your exactly. security. I just shut the fucking building down. Your power source. Yeah. Your server's out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care what security you have. I shut down the hydro for you. Right. But when it comes to this, everybody actually has a copy of the actual client, the software all around the world. And there is no server. Everybody is the server. Right. So there's no way to like, like, you know, I guess, I guess in today's economy, right. The, the, the U.S. dollar is the the kind of the the standard. It's the reserve currency, right? So, like, like 
a lot of countries, a lot of like, there's a lot of unstable currencies, a lot of unstable countries. So a lot of, a lot of people buy U.S. dollars and they hold on to those as yes. as protection because we're the most stable economy. They, yes. but but you know that's we're it's still a risky proposition because it's still depending on one government and, and you know if the United States government decides to print more money, that reserve currency is oh, now. Oh, they will. There's another there's another crash happening. Right. Guaranteed. If you look at the cyclic cycles. Even if you look at Ray Dalio's uh, model of cyclic uh, cycles of recession, it's going to happen. If you listen to what Peter Schiff is talking about, it's going to happen. If you look at, if you listen to anybody that has just two yeah. cents worth of information, it's happening. It's all cycles. This whole system, this fractal reserve system of one dollar becoming a hundred dollars and loaning out your money, is ridiculous. The funniest right. thing, I was in my bank yesterday and I had this old tax-free savings account. I didn't even yeah. know I had like four thousand bucks in it. And they're yeah. shutting it down because like inactive or some shit. Like I didn't know what the fuck it was. And I'm like, curiosity, how much money was I making? Like 0.2%. I'm like, why the fuck am I giving you this money? Give me my money. So I took yeah. out the money and I bought Bitcoin. And I already had better return. I had a better return in yeah. fucking a month. You know, 0.2%. I mean, you shouldn't be keeping your money in the bank. This is a joke, an absolute joke. Right. Uh, but I'm a firm believer in the diversification. Diversify in different cryptocurrency. The two biggest right now are Bitcoin and Ether. Right. Um, diversify in... Uh, 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 diversifying gold, diversifying silver is a great buy right now. Even gold's a great buy right now. Uh, diversifying different stocks out there. The whole idea, and this, this is a misconception of people. People believe that having cash, physical cash is wealth. It's not. Right. It's, I that's totally agree. Not that. even closest to the truth. Like the fastest, the faster you can liquidate your cash into actual commodities and real goods, the faster you realize that's what the wealth has created. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that a lot of people don't realize that, that a dollar is just a promise. It's just it's a, a promise and, and that, that promise can be revoked. It can be, you know, it could be changed. The value of that could be changed. Whereas a, that's why like all of my, most of my assets are in, in real estate, which, which again is, is subject to a government, but, but it's a real physical, tangible asset that has value. It doesn't matter what happens to a currency, that value of that property of the youth. Yeah use of it is always going to have value. And I think that's why a lot of people, like you said, have a hedge like gold, silver, wh whatever it is, that's going to be something that's, that's not tied directly to, a, a, that's not going to be able to be manipulated like a currency could be. And that's why when it comes to like Bitcoin, the Bitcoin protocol blockchain, a lot of people are saying it's going to be the future gold. Right. And that Japan, makes sense. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I heard a Japan exchange wants to open it up and actually introduce it in there so people can start trading on the actual exchange. And uh, right now, the Chinese men are buying up fucking left, right, and center of Bitcoin. They love yeah. it. They're, I think they're the biggest miners, too. All the mining rigs are over there. And uh, I recommend anybody right now who is listening to just go on any exchange, go on Coinbase. You can hook up your Visa debit. You can hook up your bank account. It takes two seconds. Start buying Bitcoin. Learn about it. You know, it's not like you have to invest right away. I tell people, don't invest right away. If you have an emotional attachment to money, don't invest. But learn it. Understand how it works. Go on your phone. Learn about backing it up. Learn about encryption. Learn about private keys. You know, educate yourself about this. Maybe start buying 20 Bitcoins a month. Oh, not 20 right. bitcoins, but $20 worth of bitcoins a yeah. month. And really, you used to be you able know, to that, buy That's good if you can do that. that. You can buy 20 bitcoins, sure. Buy 20 bitcoins. A while ago. <laughs> and, uh, but start learning about this space because this technology has already changed, changed the ecosystem of business completely. Like, for example, even there was a show 
um, the DAO, which was a decentralized autonomous organization. It was this like big crowd crowdsourcing platform last year built on Ethereum by one of the co-founders. They raised man 135 million American within like 90 days. Wow. The biggest crowdfunding event ever. Obviously, there's a bunch of hacks, but it wasn't really hacks. There's shady, uh, shady, shady coding on their side, but not on the actual blockchain because it's built on top of it. Uh, but it shows you the possibilities of creating an entity, this smart contract on a blockchain that doesn't matter where you are. You can invest on cryptocurrencies and actually get stake in certain companies. Yeah. It's and, super and it, early. I think it's early by like seven years, but now it's opened up Pandora's box of the possibilities. And you can trust it. It's it's almost like like it, it reminds me. This reminds me a little bit of of like Amazon verified reviews or yeah. or using Uber, where it's like I mean you it'd be, you wouldn't get into a car with a stranger except that Uber has a rating system, and you know that this person's probably not a rapist if they have four point five stars. Or and the same thing yeah. like when you buy something on Amazon, it's like well if the if a product has a thousand reviews. And, you know, it's not, and they're, and they're like four and a half, five stars. It, it's, you can't funge that. You can't make that uh, like, you know, it would take a massive scale, but this is even to the, to a bigger level, right? It's like when you have that confidence that, that it's, it's distributed, that multiple people have verified or said this thing, then you have the absolute confidence. That's right. And uh, I think people also need to educate themselves on the fact of what is money. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think that's a big mis misconception. Like for me, at least my definition of money, money is just a trust in the future. John and Amir trust that this thing has value tomorrow. That's, that's it. If all of right. a sudden, let's say 300 million Americans decide, fuck it, tomorrow we don't trust American dollar, American dollar is worthless. Right. Well, that just happened, trust right? in something in the future. Yeah, look, look oh, at yeah. Civil Listen. War bucks, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Then. Listen, it's, it's going to happen. Regardless, like with, with our system, it's set for more money to be print. So yeah. it's going to deflate the value right now. Uh, you're going to have interest rates dropping more and more because people can't afford what they currently have because a dollar doesn't have buying power anymore. You have over $2.5 trillion owned by Chinese. They own the American debt. So when they call for that, what's going to happen? So it's a shit show right now. The currency wars around the world is a shit show. Right. They're losing steam every single day. The Federal Reserve System, it's fucked up everything. Um, obviously not for them because they're the one benefiting from it. But I think more and more people and, you know, more and more people need to slowly start waking up and first educating themselves about the current system, and how it works, and then educating themselves about cryptocurrencies. I'm not saying cryptocurrency is going to be the end all to be all in the future. But like I said, it gives you a secondary option. For example, I was their friend not too long ago and... Uh, we're talking about uh, refugees. We're talking about people in third world countries. I'm like, listen, uh, does your friend have a phone? Yes. Does he have us? Does he have internet? Yes. Okay, great. Tell him to download this free app. Cool. Does he have it? Yes. Great. Tell him to send me his address or the QR code, whatever. Great. He sent it to me in two minutes. Cool. Tell him to wait 10 minutes. I just sent him 25 bucks. He's fucking mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. You know what cost me sent 25 bucks? Like uh, less than a penny. I don't know, 0.1 of a penny or something like that. I sent him 25 bucks worth of Bitcoin that he can now go online and use it. He can use it for whatever he wants. He right. can go on exchange. He can go local exchange. He can go on ATM and cash out $25 of Bitcoin to his local currency. Right. That's a possibility. And now it's not just Bitcoin. It's a million different currencies you have around the world. 
Yeah. And now it's not just, it's not just currency. It's anything. Like if I want to transfer you a very important email that's encrypted that I don't want the government to see, you know, for example, and I consider him a national hero, Edward Snowden, what he did right after, you know, a couple of years ago, three, four years ago, like, think about it. The government's spying on you regardless of what you do. And they can use, they can use certain words or language that you said uh, prior, like say two, three years ago to charge in the future. That's like minority reports. Right. right. I yeah. believe, and it's in our constitution that the Americans, I'm not even American, I'm Canadian. In the, in the constitution of America, that every American should have the freedom and protection of the government, not of the government, but from the government. The government does not have the right to spy on every single email, every single transaction, every single correspondence between you and your family. And I'll give you some fucked up shit. And this is real case studies happening every single day all around the world when it comes to viable information or very um, sensitive information. Insurance policies and premiums. Okay. Let's say you're paying $500 a month for a certain plan. And let's say you're talking to your cousin overseas and you tell him, listen, uh, I just got news that I'm prone to heart attacks based on some tests. And guess what? These insurance companies, which are behemoths, they have access to these records with, uh, you know, uh, with, the, uh, with the secret service agency, whatever, whatever agency spying on you. They hear about it. They see that you had this test results that you have, you know, you're prone to certain heart attacks. Next thing you know it, instead of paying $500 a month, they're saying, hey, John, it's $3,000 a month. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So they're using information against you. But at least with blockchain, you can actually have, it's better than PGP. You can have encrypted hash that data that it goes from person A to person B. And regardless of if it's intercepted, without our private keys, without your private key on your device, Without my private key on my device, they can't fucking open it up. So the whole idea of uh, secrecy and having true freedoms between individuals who want to talk about a topic, it is it is now more possible on a blockchain. I see. That makes sense. Because you don't have the intermediate. You don't have to have, in, in any of these cases before, you'd had to have someone that you trust, that both parties trusted. Well, yeah, we use Gmail, order. we use Yahoo, whatever we use. With this, we're literally going peer-to-peer. Right. We can go peer to peer on tour. So we can have our blockchain on tour and go peer to peer and jumping around IPs and servers all around the spot. But the great thing about blockchain is regardless of if if a transmission is intercepted, that transmission is worthless because of the blockchain works and works on private key logic. Right. Listen, I'm not a programmer. I'm not a coder. But in like a high level thing is very simple. Uh, Every single transaction is sent and it's turned into a hypothetical vault. John has a key to the vault. If anybody steals this vault, they don't have the key to get in. It's all, it's all encrypted. So once the vault goes to John, John has a special key to put it in, to, to decrypt it, to open it up, to descramble the message, understand what it is, vice versa. And it would even get more convoluted. Look at this. Say you and I, we go into business together and we hold a million dollars on escrow. We can have something called multi-signature uh, a type of account where we state that my key by itself is only allowed to take 10% from this account. Oh, John's key by himself is allowed to take 10% from this account. Our keys together is allowed to take 50% from this account. However, if we need to withdraw 100% from this account, we need a third person. That third person we call in both at the same time, his key will now open up for 100% of, uh, of the money to withdraw. Right. Multi-signature type of processes. But the power is in your hands. It's not, a, it's not the power in a third intermediary or like a third party that you're, you're at the mercy of. And we see it all the time. 
You know, pe people are holding their money on these platforms that get hacked all the time. People are putting their trust in these in these platforms. They have no idea what they're doing with your information. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But but they're putting their but they're putting their trust in those platforms because the alternative is just to trust some random person on the internet until this tech now now the blockchain technology allows you to trust some random person yeah. on the internet because you're keeping the secret but but a bunch of people are verifying you are who you say you are or that transmission yeah. actually did come from you and and that other person on the other end so so that's I see that. So that's really the value here, right? Is is that that you've got that that you've got the verification by all these untrusted sources, well, for the which the value is this. The value is this in a nutshell. For the first time ever, Satoshi Nakamoto, mm -hmm. the originator of Bitcoin, solved the problem of copy and pasting data online in a nutshell. So there's nothing stopping me before from me saying, here's John, here's $5 of digital money. Like, great, Amir. And you give it to somebody else and you give it to somebody else and give it to somebody else and give it to somebody else. Like, how do you hold value? How do you deem this five? How do you deem this fucking code as value when you can just copy right. paste this code and give it to everybody, right? There's no value whatsoever, just fucking code. And that's the thing. We're just dealing with code over here, cryptographic code. But on Bitcoin, uh, which is original blockchain, there... Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto was able to now actually, for the first time ever, put a value on code. So if I sent this code to John, I don't have that code anymore. Now that's stored value right. because that code is now scarce. You can't duplicate that code. And how it works, it works in a, I don't want to get into details, but in a nutshell, it's like once you send this code, that code generates a special hash, a special code. That code is now double checked by everybody to make sure it's never been generated. And it goes up into the public ledger that everybody sees this, this blockchain. That's why it's called a blockchain. It's a chain of code that has every single transaction ever happened on the blockchain from inception till now. And we see it's timed, it's numbered, it's time stamped. We know exactly what wallets are going where, but we don't know to the transaction inside and who it belongs to. So for the first time ever, we can actually now take code and put a value on it. And that's the beautiful thing about it. And like I said before, now that code, you can put any value. It can be money in that code. It can be a deed in that code. It can be a message in that code. It can be an ID, identification in that code. It can be a passport in that code. And right. it's actually, when you think about it, it, it it's, it's quite remarkable what he did to actually now uh, put a legitimate value on just ones and zeros online. Right, yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And it requires, but it requires so many people, right? In order to be able to verify this. Well, like anything, it's, it's a network effect. Like, yeah. So for any of these blockchains or cryptocurrencies, like anything in life, the more the merrier. The more people you have on the network, the more network effect you have, the more stability you have. And if it is a currency, the bigger market cap you have. Right. That makes sense. And so do you see ultimately this becoming, replacing the traditional currencies the government yeah, i don't see it replacing it i see it as a hedge against it mm. i don't think so the federal reserve system is going anywhere soon i don't think so the international monetary fund is going anywhere soon right they've been investing heavily in this technology as well they're not dumb people they're one of the smartest people on the planet so they're studying the technology very well in fact what i see what could be a possibility is they, they create their own private cryptocurrency so instead of the cash that we have they just continue what they're doing, but their own cryptocurrency. But like I said, 
Now, for the first time ever, we can now hedge against that because we have options to uh, buy into other currency that they don't own and control. Right. Because right now, regardless of what currency I buy into, Canadian, American, yen, uh, renminbi, whatever, it's government owned. It's controlled yeah. by them. It's still but fiat now, currency. Yeah, fiat. Any fiat currency that I buy is controlled by them. Now, with alternative cryptocurrency such as Bitcoin and Ether, is controlled by the network. It's actually controlled by us, the peers. Actual human, regular human beings are putting a value on it, and we control what's going to happen with that currency. Right. Now, now, one thing I think that a lot of people get confused with the with the whole Bitcoin, and I guess this really comes to what you said before, was just or cryptocurrency in general is this idea of not understanding what a currency or what money is, is because I think a lot yeah. of people get confused. They say, well, it's just some like some bits that were created like where did it come from like someone just just runs this algorithm and they solve these problems and all of a sudden new money is being created but that's that's really no different than than printing money right i mean there's actually it's better like, than printing money at least with yeah. this is an algorithm mm. it's a system in place that no matter what there's going to be 21 million bitcoins mined i think by like 2025 some number like that 2025 or 2031 there's going to be 21 million Bitcoins mined, and that's it. That's it. Fractal reserve system. It's based on a very complex cryptographic algorithm. Very complex. Right. In fact, it's a million times better than any Federal Reserve system. This is how simple the Federal Reserve system is. Oh, we need money. Okay, print. Based on no economic theory, no economic philosophy or principle. Print, flood the economy, devalue the currency. That's it. That's their fucking system. In Bitcoin, a cryptocurrency, it's the polar opposite. It's very precise and very accurate. And that's why there is no inflation. It's 21 million right. Bitcoin at the end of the day. And it's going to increase in value when more and more Bitcoins are mined and more and more Bitcoins hit the market. Because you can't get any more. It's going to be 21 million cap. That's it, period. It's it. It's like it's, it's the same kind of thing where precious metals are. People wonder why precious metals yeah. are is because you can only pull so much out of the earth at a given we know the rate with which you can pull precious metal out of the earth and how much is out there and so it's it's a known quantity whereas you don't know if the government has a big warehouse full of of hundred dollar bills that they can just you know print up at any time they don't have well, to tell you what they're doing what did they print out like a trillion dollars worth of money some ridiculous amount of money they printed right which which ends up costing everyone as their as the value you know goes down on on what they're holding right well, look so. at this man people can't survive today the even here in canada i don't know what the average maybe it's the same the average canadian male in in canada makes around forty thousand mm -hmm. dollars for you to live in like a metropolitan like toronto the fourth biggest city in north america we have 5.2 million people in the greater toronto area for you for you to live in toronto on forty thousand dollars a year as a single male you can't you don't have the buying power to buy a house you don't have any buying power whatsoever. Your dollar doesn't go anywhere. And year by year, your dollar gets weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. The, the Federal Reserve System and the, the monetary system that we have right now with the fiat currency system, it has been generated to create a new age type of serfs. No different than what was happening in Tsarist Russia back in the day. No difference what was happening in Mao's China uh, still today right. is we are being pinched into becoming fucking economic slaves period yeah yeah
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then you can't even hang on to you can't hang on to the money that you have. In fact, was it now in uh, in Sweden? Was it where they're doing negative interest rates and and so oh, Japan and Sweden both negative negative interest rate. That tells you a lot. So yeah. even in Canada, we're like 0.25 or 0.5 the national interest rate. If you can't even move your interest rate 0.5 up, that tells you a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and then you're being pen. I mean, you're 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 damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if you hang on to the money, you lose it. Right. So, and if you're either spending the money, this is where it becomes, it. you diversify, you know, Ray Dalio talks about the old weather portfolio, right? Yeah. Having different quadrants four quadrants in every quarter, four times a year. And listen, I'm not big on stocks and it's very simple because I don't have the time nor the knowledge to understand them. So I don't invest in them. I don't invest in anything that I don't understand. Right. My friends are really good. So I may give them some money, but like, Hey, on, on, on your behalf, I trust you. Here's some money invest for me. I trust you because you're a smart guy in that. Me, I don't invest personally because, hey, I don't have the time to learn. If I did have the time to learn it and understand maybe commodities or something else, I would invest because I understand it. But I'm a firm believer in don't invest in anything that you have no idea what's it about. And Period. I, yeah, I love that. You know, so because so many people, so many Americans are brainwashed today and they, they have this. Well, I mean, and they've been told this, right, because everyone tells them this. It's like, OK, you max out your 401k, right? Yeah, and you don't understand where the money's going. You, it's it's a magic system, and and come forty years down the road or fifty years down the road, you're gonna you're gonna have your your owed a return on that, and you and you'll be able to live, <laughs> but as if it's some magic box, right? No understanding. Like it's just like it's a, it's an entitlement, right? To the to the yeah. worst degree of of I because I actually put saved money and put it in this four hundred one k because someone told me to. I now deserve a retirement. I didn't do anything. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't manage anything. I didn't learn anything. I just did social security. Social security is the biggest Ponzi scheme ever created in our system. Yeah, yeah. Biggest Ponzi scheme possible. Look what happened with Madoff, man. I'm like, it just happened yesterday. Are you guys forgetting? What was it like? I forget the ridiculous sum. Something like two, three hundred billion dollars gone. How many people lost their pension plan on that? The social right. security. Any. Any. Entity, organization, institution, foundation that promises you that they're going to take care of you in the future, you better fucking run. Right. <laughs> run as fast as you can. And I'm telling you, I'm seeing this right now and happening in North America, Canada, a little bit more, the United States. It's yeah. almost like people are screaming. They want more socialism. They want more communism over here. It's like the people can't take care of themselves. Uh, right. And they keep on saying, government, please step in uh, as my substitute parents for me and take care of me. You know, help me with medical, help me with myself in the future because I'm not uh, able-bodied to do anything anymore. This mindset, it's a disease. It needs to be eliminated as fast as possible. This whole idea on relying for the government for anything has to be stopped. I'm a firm believer in less government equals more prosperity. Yeah, it's very Less true. Well, government equals yeah. more opportunity. Well, you, you look at even just insurance, right? Like the, the whole idea of insurance in general has been totally misunderstood. Insurance was designed as a hedge. It yep. was not designed as take care of your, you know, insurance was supposed to say, okay, well, you know what? The reason why I have insurance on my car is because I only have, you know, $3,000 in my bank account and the car is worth 20. And if I total it, then I need to be able to like I, I can't have it I can't I can't go bust so I'm hedging my bet I'm paying in, <laughs> yeah. you know whereas what especially with with medical insurance in the U.S. everyone's like oh I'm supposed to have 100% coverage and I'm like no no I, look I'm an entrepreneur I pay 300 bucks a month 
for my insurance for my entire family and I have a $10,000 deductible because I'm using insurance how it's supposed to be used. I, I'm, yeah. I'm looking for, I'm insuring against catastrophic loss. If I yeah. have a $100,000 medical bill, but all the other stuff I'm paying out of my pocket because that's what yeah. insurance. But In fact, funny, I got a lot of, uh, I'm, my fiance is finishing medical school over here. I have a lot of doctors, uh, top level doctors in the United States that I talk to and we're talking about insurance policies. They tell me this point blank, Amir, it is cheaper and better for you to negotiate out of pocket for medical uh, situations in the United States, as opposed to going with insurance. Insurance charges you premium on anything that you want. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But but it's uh, again. But and and I think it all comes down to just misunderstanding currency and 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 money. Like because insurance mm -hmm. is is a vehicle for hedging. That's why it exists in the first place, and it's always a bad bet. But mm -hmm. when you you're diversifying your you're reducing your risk. So, but but we but so it's gotten so warped. It, it's it's amazing how how far that that that's happened. That it's going concept to be there. Times going in the future, especially you know yeah. we'll see what what goes on with Trump. Well, when he enters office, what January twentieth or something like that. Um, but yeah, you know America's in for a cool ride in the next four years. I have no idea what to predict. I don't yeah. know if he's going to be good, bad, ugly. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but I, what I do know is regardless of if it was Trump or Hillary or some random individual, at the end of the day, you got to look out for yourself. Right. You got to hedge your bets. You got to educate yourself. Uh, you have to have the mindset of like, how do I not rely on any organization or any entity or any government? And how can I put myself in a position where um, I have uh, mobility and freedom to move? Right. Yeah. That's really important. So when you put yourself in a position like that, you give yourself options. And I think right now the biggest problem, people are too much stuck in something called the hedonic treadmill, this happiness treadmill, they're too comfortable. And it's not a very happy comfortable. It's, it's just like bare bone survival comfortable. I have enough money to put a roof over my head and food. That's good enough for me. And that's exactly where the government wants you to be because you're right. not too poor, you're, but you're just good enough to get by. And you're, 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 you're content with your situation. But, but the problem with that is it is so fragile. And Nassim Tlaib talks about this blocks, black swan events, anti-fragility. The problem yeah. with that is you are so fragile that if, 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 inflate, if, for example, the interest rate goes up 0.5, or if something happens like it did in India where denominations certain uh, banknotes, like say the 20 or the 50 disappear. Um, or maybe some catastrophe happens, like for example, the fucked up things that happened in New Orleans with the floods and everything in a couple of years ago, you're fucked. Yep. You're completely screwed because you're so spread thin like this. So no matter, it, like you're like glass, slight glass and anything that touches it breaks. So I'm a firm believer, whatever you're doing right now, pause, uh, recalculate your options in life, recalculate your finances in your life. See where you're spending money. See where you're not spending money. Really figure out how you can allocate money and diversify it. And yep. also give yourself options. Be like, listen, if something happens in this state, can I move to that state? If something happens over there, can I go over here? I'm a firm believer in A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You never yes. have to execute on them, but they're there. They give yep. you a peace of mind. Yep. Always prepare for the future. I'm a firm believer in prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. Exactly. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think a lot of people don't have any kind of reserve and they're in, I call it a squeeze situation, right? It's like 
you're, yeah. you know, if you're living like that, your car breaks down, and then what happens? This chain reaction of, hap- of, of events happen. You don't have enough money to fix your car, so you, sh- you, you can't go to work, so you lose your job, so you can't pay your rent, yeah. so you're homeless, so your wife leaves you. So, right, all, all of this comes from one little, little yeah. breakdown of, of an engine in a car, and, and all of a sudden you're, you're homeless on the street, you know, and, and it's, it's all because you, you don't have a buffer. You don't have any kind of, you didn't prepare. Like you say, you yeah. don't have a plan. You, you, you just, you're just living just barely, you know, but paycheck to, and it's so not even like paycheck for me, to paycheck. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big believer. I'm a huge um, optimist. Yeah. And uh, this is why, another reason why I love the technology blockchain, many technologies. I really believe we have left the way as humans were attending to live. We're very individualized these days. You know, I want to leave the house when I'm 18, 19, live on my own, do everything on my own. We're not meant to be like that as humans. We're very tribal. Uh, we're very social. We actually, it's proven in studies that we actually become healthier and we live longer in social groups as opposed yep. to living in a nuclear family. I believe the group of like the Seventh-day Adventist people did a massive like longitudinal study, like 20-year study of like, why, why are they living so long? They're nothing special. They found it was a social bond, and et cetera, et cetera. But with this technology, for example, let's say, John, let's say we know that your neighbor having a rough time will give the same story, car broke down, loses job, et cetera. Right now, for the first time ever, we have the possibilities like, okay, we'll do like a crypto fund online for you. Same thing like GoFundMe. And right. let's say like the, the money is now devalued, so the currency is not good. We can, we can do an, and they have programs like WeFunds online. So this already exists. It's not, it's, you don't have to build it. We, we put them online like, hey, man, we want to help this guy on his feet. You know, the system's against him. Here, man, five bucks, crypto, this guy, that guy, everywhere around the world, right to his phone, though. Right. To third party, like to his phone, like legitimate money right there. He's his own bank. He has a better Swiss bank account on his phone than Swiss bank does in his bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now... He can do whatever he wants. He's getting back on his feet. Uh, and it's old, you know, people can stay anonymous or they can, they can say who we are. But the most beautiful thing about this, it gives power back to the people. Let's say all of a sudden the government wants to shut down stuff. Well, still, uh, with this type of system, since it's decentralized, I'm not saying it's possible. There's actual mathematical formulation to shut down certain systems temporarily. But the amount of money needing to be invested is in the trillions sometimes to shut down certain decentralized systems. So now we have the power though, and the power is a peer-to-peer connection. And that's why I said a couple, um, a couple of minutes ago that how I view blockchain technology, this decentralized distributed ledger, it's very organic. It's how organisms live. They live by communicating, interacting with each other from a peer-to-peer level. Right. So for the first time ever, we're having a technology that kind of corresponds how nature corresponds. And now John and I can have a true organic peer-to-peer communication, our speech. Our speech can be in money, our speech can be in words, our speech can be in contracts, our speech can be in, in whatever whatever we want. But it's, it's authentic and it's real, it's organic from one human being to the next. Right. So I'm, I'm actually quite happy, I'm excited for the future, but I do believe the biggest, the biggest obstacle is not technology, it's not the government, it's not, it's not the Federal Reserve, it's none of this stuff. The biggest obstacle is the individual himself. The individual needs to upgrade the software. Sometimes I feel like the world is running still on DOS, <laughs> while certain people are running on like maybe open source Android or iOS, whatever your preference of choice is. 
And people need to upgrade from DOS to yeah. open source Android or iOS because once you understand things, not know things, but understand things, it's literally like you're in the matrix and you see things differently. Yeah, yeah. And that's my hope in the future where we have more leaders such as yourself. We have more people educating people about taking ownership and responsibility for their own lives. And imagine, and this is uh, one of my favorite poets, Rumi. Rumi has a saying, yesterday I was clever. I wanted to change the world. Today I'm wise. I want to change myself. So if we can have more people work on themselves, upgrade their software in their mind, man, the future is going to be fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. You know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, protesters holding a sign like, yeah, it's fine. You could do that. But instead, why don't you go and make a billion dollars? Right. Because yeah. that's going to make a bigger change. Like go and work now and, and then and then you'll have influence. You'll have power. As opposed to what, what are you doing with your little sign? Like no one cares. No one cares, you know. Uh, but but so many people think about trying to change the world instead of changing themselves first. Because if yeah. you change yourself, you, you've got the power. You've got the resources. It's all. Well, it's easier. To, it's easier to yeah. point fingers than to point your own finger at yourself. I got to ask you, since you brought up that, have you read Jack Donovan's new book, uh, Becoming a Barbarian? No, I've even heard of it. Oh, Good you. Book? you Oh yes, you'll you will you will love this book. I I guarantee you, it's a five five star book for you. Um, I he he wrote it. He wrote another book called um, called uh, what's it called? The uh, the way of the way of of man, the way of men. Oh, the way of the warrior, the warrior spirit. That that book. Uh, the way of men. It was, uh, but this man? is. Okay. This this book is uh, is is called is uh, the way the way of the bar or becoming a barbarian becoming barbarian and it's all about the uh, like rebelling against the the empire the 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 faceless empire which is essentially yeah. like all this you know the government the the way that that. We, we care about everyone, <laughs> so we care about no one. We we don't have our tribes anymore. Uh, yep. Really, really good good book about you know very much against socialism, very much against these these kind of, and and really you know just what what the world that we live in has become. So uh, I think. Well, I the think problem right now is the in groups. Everyone, the the government and certain organizations are pushing in groups. The more in groups you have, the more division you have. For example, in groups like Black Lives Matter. Yeah, of course it matters. Also, every other life matters, you know. Uh, and you see, it's not just Black Lives Matter. It's in every single group, you have Group A, B, C, all these small fractions around the world, that creates in-groups, and that creates division. As soon as you have divisions, you have um, uh, friction. As soon as you have friction, you have issues. Right. And that's what they want. They want people to divide, and they're giving power to these select few of people, and, they, and they, you know, they're just saying absolute power corrupts absolute all. I'm a firm believer what Joseph Campbell talks about is like, I think humans need to get out of their little head yeah. and realize that the, the nation that we're living on is called Earth. It's not United States. It's not Canada. It's not, it's not right. China. It's called Earth. And its uh, citizens are called human beings. We're all the same. This whole idea of nationalism, my country versus your country, my in-group versus your in-group, that's going to be the downfall of mankind. As opposed to be saying, and I'm a, that's why I like Star Trek, you know, it's like that federation, the yeah. humans are coming together. We need to become one big in-group called a human in-group with the planet being our country. Hopefully one day it happens. I don't see it in our lifetime happening. You never know. But that's 
that's where we need to head to this this idea of uh, the this whole idea of everyone dividing it's it's destroying us yeah no it's yeah you're absolutely right you're you're true you're right and i mean that's the best way it's it's classic you know machiavellian like how do you conquer people you you divide them and and divide and conquer right that's how how you do it make them dependent on you well these protesters you mentioned that i always laugh at them i'm like nice cell phone nice gucci pants like what the fuck you protesting at you want to protest give me everything you have on you and while you're at it give me your bank account too go live in the fucking forest you know i mean like it's a crowd effect you know i'm a firm believer and people need to study the 25 cognitive biases and really understand how the human psyche works yeah um and you hit you you literally hit the nail in the coffin a few minutes ago. If only they worked on themselves as opposed to standing up there. It's actually been proven. Work. People on the front lines fighting for something, it never, ever, ever works. Right. What works is communication, intellectual people coming together and having a dialogue and dissecting the problem, understanding the problem, and communicating as intellectuals, individuals, so we can actually create a plan to overcome the issue. Right. Not blah, 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 blah. Fuck you, fuck you. How does that solve anything? Right, yeah, it never does. It only, it only, it only makes people more, more divisive, more against you, right? You know, it, it's, it's the same thing. I think like people, I, I've often said that we're all racist to some degree. Like we all have this. And, and the thing is like, it's better to get these people out and just like let this be what it is and, and let people say what they're because you never convince someone you never like or discrimination right racism discrimination whatever you want to say like you know ne- you're never going to go to someone at work and be like you know what you are you are sexist you need to stop being sexist right now or you need to stop being racist because that's wrong they're, they're mm. gonna they're gonna say who are you they're, or maybe they'll feel guilty and then and then they're gonna they're gonna hide what they're doing yeah can't stop you can't convince someone out of it you can't like you know what i mean no. but if but what you because you're trying to do that in secret but but you may be able to influence someone's someone's thoughts but it, the more the more that you do it the more that they become more more set in their in their way right because now they're being attacked every time that you attack someone and i think that's what what a lot of a lot of this goes to do with with the with the protesting and the signs is, is it's, it's, it's making people more enraged. <laughs> but when you call someone something bad, they don't say, Oh, you, God, I mean, how many times does that happen in a real conversation where you're like, you know what you, I, I, I got to stop this conversation for a second to tell you that you're an asshole. And then, and they, <laughs> and then they, they say, Oh God, oh, oh God, you're right. I, Oh my, I can't believe I'm an, you are so right. I am an asshole man, I'm, I'm just going to change that right now. It never happens, right? <laughs> the so biggest why, illusion why of mankind is, yeah. you're right. The biggest illusion of mankind is we think we communicate, we don't. Right. This yelling back and forth. There's a great book to read by uh, one of the most prominent FBI uh, uh, interrogators, uh, both for terrorist and local issues. Uh, the book is called Never Split the Difference by uh. Peter Voss. Love that book. I I just just read it yeah. twice through. Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic book, and you know it's very simple principles. It's not complicated principles. It's like you uh, demanding anything from anybody will never work. Right. You screaming at somebody for something will never work. You pushing your will upon somebody else will never work. It's once again opening up a safe area, dialogue, communication, understanding each other, taking time to. Uh, understand how you think and how 
how, how I think as a human being. And that's how we progress as human beings. The whole idea that two individuals such as John and Amir can sit down and have an intellectual discussion about a certain problem. Maybe we talk about politics. Maybe we talk about money. Maybe John has viewpoint A. I have viewpoint B. Us shutting back and forth will not solve anything. Right. But here we have an opportunity to learn from each other because there's never absolutes in life. John is not right 100%. I'm not right 100%. It's somewhere in between. We, maybe he's 25. I'm 25. Everyone's right to a certain degree. So we can sit down as, as intellectual human beings and have a normal human conversation talking about your viewpoints, acknowledging your viewpoints. Well, I want to understand why and how do you see the, the, the world that way and vice versa. Right. And that's how you get progression in a certain topic or a certain area uh, of discussion as opposed to my way, your way, or nothing at all. Oh, yeah. That's, no, that's not growth. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, and, and it, it's funny because I think a lot of that dialogue, like you said, gets shut down today because people take try to take the moral stick to beat people with, and they say, "Well, well, if you think this, then you must be a bigot, or you must be a sexist, or you must be a racist." <laughs> and 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 if you're a bigot or a sexist or a racist, I have I you're no longer a human being. I no longer have yeah. to hear what you're saying. You can't possibly be smart yeah. or have a valid argument or have any reason for believing yeah. what, what you believe. So I'm shutting you down. And, 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 and now we can beat you with sticks like a dog, you know, and it's, it's kind of funny that <laughs> there's a real good book. Watch actually. Out for the PC, the PC police. Exactly. There's a real good book that, that I uh, called on Liberty that uh, it's an old book, but it, it talks about this idea of like why you want to have even the people that have really, really bad viewpoints, like that yeah. like you think are like, you know, it, it's, it, it basically says like why you would want to have someone like, who, who people dislike horribly bad for good reason, like the KKK, why you'd want them to actually be allowed to exist and express what they want to express because it's, it's important that even if it's totally wrong and we totally disagree with it, we need to have those other viewpoints and we need to be able to, because we forget why we stand for what we do stand for. <laughs> and we can't just condemn these people. We have to hear them out and, and, and have this intelligent dialogue but, but we've, we've kind of hit a point in society where, and I, I blame a lot of it on Facebook because you can just like, 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 and I'm just, I'm part of this. Oh, you, you guys disagree with me. So, you know, look at all these other people that agree. So we're, we're, we're right. And everyone else is wrong. And it happens on both sides. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, scary place. So I, I don't want, I, I, I think we should, we should probably wrap up here. This has been fun. I man, I could, we could talk for like, <laughs> Oh yeah. For hours, man. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to, I do want to hit real quick, be, uh, two things before we, we wrap up here. One of them, uh, uh, just maybe real quick. I want to get people to, to go check out what you're doing. So, so maybe if you could talk about like what you're doing with, with, uh, with block geeks and why they yeah. should be interested. Yeah, so Block Geeks, uh, we created it to become an innovation hub. So pretty much is the Quora for blockchain right now, as well as it's a marketplace. So for example, if you want to learn about programming for Ethereum, Solidity, or certain Java, uh, we're launching that in early Q1 or maybe late Q1. We have a job board being launched right before Christmas for the next two weeks, uh, as well as a very robust community. So if you have any questions about blockchain, you want to get involved or you want to be introduced to other developers, we have a bunch of investors on our platform. Uh, just go there, just blockgeeks.com, and uh, yeah. Nice, awesome, awesome. And uh, and I want to encourage everyone 
as well to check out. I'll, I'll put a link for it for uh, for Amir's YouTube channel. He's got an excellent channel with a lot of really, really good advice. Like I said, I'm, I'm sure you've gathered from this interview that Amir is a, is a very, very wise, wise man. And uh, you can gain a lot from his wisdom from from entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship to money to uh, just a lot of the, the viewpoints that he holds. All right, Amir, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been been fun. I, I will definitely have to do this again sometime. I, I, I look forward to someday being able to meet in person and have a have a nice long discussion <laughs> likewise man thank you so much for running me on and thank you for doing what you're doing and educating everybody and continue what you're doing man uh, you, you are making a difference i see it and uh, honestly we need more people like you out there well thank you I, I appreciate that all right take care i'll talk to you next time take care man bye Hey, what's up? John here. Just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out. Only about half the content I put out is on this podcast. This podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing.